listeners. Welcome back. Once again, it's time for Maya, my yoga audio. And I'm your host, Megan Morgan. And today we're back with another interview. And I've got a great guest, someone I've known for the last nine years named Cesar Figueroa. He's a transformation coach that I first met when we were both teaching and training at a local gym in our area. And Caesar and the other personal trainers would sometimes send their clients to my yoga classes to complement their training sessions. And even Caesar himself would sometimes come and participate too. Today, Caesar is the owner of Caesar Life, whose mission and purpose is to improve humanity by inspiring others to seize their lives and dictate the outcomes of their own thoughts, actions, and reactions with the implementation of healthy habits. He believes in a holistic approach to living a healthy lifestyle and specializes in empowering clients in all aspects of health and wellness, which includes the social, emotional, spiritual, and occupational dimensions of life. He envisions one day being able to travel to other countries to conduct wellness workshops and inspiring change that lasts for generations. Caesar, welcome to the show. Thank you for making time to be here. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. I've been I know we've been chatting, you know, online and a little bit in person um for the last few months. I wanted to get you on for a while because I know you're up to such such good things one-on-one and mm. in community. And I've read your, you know, your formal intro and kind of like the elevator pitch from your website, which is all true. But <laughs> I I would love if you would tell your listeners kind of in your own words about you, like who you are in this moment, but also your journey to, you know, how you came to be the person you are today and also who you're becoming. I believe we're kind of always in a state of constant change and I know you're always working on yourself. So thank you. Yes. Um, Well, like my mentor likes to say, labels are for shampoos, you know, so (laughs) leave the labels out. But if I would have to label myself now, right now, I'd be just more general, like I'm a wellness coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say wellness because I like to invoke all the aspects of mind, body, spirit, mind, body, soul. Um, but it wasn't always like that. I I started with personal training, and that comes from like a a personal story of growing up overweight as a kid through my whole adolescence. Um, and it was about the age of sixteen uh, where I was trying out for the JV soccer high school team. And I was like overweight. So I was coming in after the run or or dead last, like quarter mile away from everyone else. And one of those hot August days, I looked up and had this realization and said, you know, next year, I'm not going to be the slowest guy on the team. And I'm going to work my butt off and uh, I'm going to put all the effort I can. And at that time, I felt like I felt like a victim, except for this moment I had of empowerment. Like I said, you know, no one could take the effort that I put in away from me. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a whole year, from the age of 16 to 17, I went to the gym, I played basketball, I lifted weights, and I ended up losing 70 pounds in that year. And, uh, you know, I was no longer overweight. Uh, throughout the whole time, I knew I was going to have to still deal with being ridiculed, being picked on for trying to lose the weight. But I knew, you know, it wasn't always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And um, it had such a big impact on my life that I just felt more confident in myself, uh, especially, you know, 
at that age, you know, you wanting to to date girls and stuff like that. And so I felt a little bit more confident, but I still felt this like now I'm this I look different, but does that convey, you know? And um and that's where I I, I found that I just still didn't feel comfortable with who I was, this new person. You know, I still felt the same inside, uh, like a scared, overweight kid. Um, and that's where it, it was rough. I, I had my two best friends dropped out of high school and I didn't really have um, a good connection with other people there. I would I just did what they kind of followed along with the crowd. I got into drugs and alcohol and partying and um, it got really bad. I, I, I figured I was good at out, out drinking some people. So that was, mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you know, you're good at basketball, but I could out drink you. And um, and it got to the point where it really messed up my relationship with my family. My parents were always uh, pushing me for, you know, to get Excel in, in academics. So school and academics came easy to me. Uh, but they were pushing me like, no, you got to go to a four year college. You got to apply. You got to, um, you know, handle everything that you do. And they, that I didn't listen. I rebelled and I continued to numb myself. And that's where it led to like me, um, becoming chemically dependent, dependent on drugs and alcohol. And when I say drugs, it was mainly, uh, smoking cannabis and drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not until I got to that uh, point where I I figured that maybe I do have an issue with this. Um, My dad, I had never seen him cry his whole life, my whole life. And one day we were sitting down. He's like, hey, you know, I think this is really taking a hold of your life. And it pains me to see you going down this road. And, And he started crying. And I was like, whoa. Maybe I do have something up and I'll say, okay, I'm willing to do something about this. And they signed me up for outpatient uh, rehabilitation. And that's where I learned that I was like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I am completely numbing myself because I'm just like, I'm afraid for people to really see me, to be vulnerable. And, um, and, and drugs worked until a certain extent until, you know, now I didn't know whether I was high or not. I was just kind of going through the motions. Um, So that's where it kind of led me to, like, if I don't have anything to numb myself, how how did I feel good in the past? And what felt good was working out. And Mm -hmm. so I just dove even further into working out. I, um, and it did so, like, it made me feel so good that I was like, wow, if I feel this good by just working out and maybe some other teenage kid could also benefit from these type of practices. And so I became a certified personal trainer at the age of 19. Um, and that was my mission to just help other kind of people that were, they're feeling the same way and, uh, and try to get out of that. So that's where I, I kind of figured that there's like even more, to reach for someone told me about kinesiology so i went to college for that before i was just kind of in and out of of college and, and university um because i wasn't really interested in a topic 
until I, I figured out kinesiology and exercise science, you know, and I was like, wow, you know, so then I applied myself and then within, you know, two and a half years or so, I finished that degree. Uh, so my bachelor's in exercise science, kinesiology, and what I originally set out to do was like, I wanted to have my own gym or I wanted to be a professional strength and conditioning coach for a team. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I, I had this mentor who told me, you know, you should become a physician assistant. And then, because um, then you'll be set, you know, you could work for Kaiser and, you know, they'll pay you six figures and, you know, maybe you and the supervising doctor could open up your gym at that time. You could basically, you would become like an orthopedic physician assistant where, you know, uh, you would just go in, help with the surgery, heal it back or sew it back up and tell them how to rehab it. And that sounded great. So I was like, okay, I'm on that path, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, I started shadowing doctors at different clinics where there was a county clinic, private clinics, you know, because you needed to accumulate these hours before you got into school. And so that's where it, again, like life took another turn. Like I, I started noticing the the different clinics I was at weren't really there with the person. They weren't uh, seeing the person. They were just kind of putting band-aids on the symptoms that we're coming in with. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctors were overloaded with patients. You know, some I, some of the doctors I would shadow at the county clinic, especially, would see up to like 20 patients a day. And that's just crazy for them to see that many people and actually give them the time that they need. Um, I also saw a lot of things that uh, they would just prescribe things for where I was like, wait a minute, how come you don't tell them to move or exercise or, you know, meditate? Well, now I would tell them meditate. Back then I wasn't a meditator, but mm-hmm. um, but I would just see that I, with just the simple practices that I was already teaching people with exercising and, and nutrition um it would help their lives so much more um and that's where i took a pause on on the schooling uh to become a pa uh and i just said i you know i don't know if that's my path i don't know what is but i i'll figure it out you know and i went you know full time into my personal training business and that was a rough start <laughs> because <laughs> I was broke. I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship and uh, I didn't have the income. I had to uh, really try all kinds of stuff to dive into this full-time entrepreneurship. And uh, But it grew me big time. It grew my mm-hmm. skill set. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, it wasn't until I got to fitness system and I was able to get my name out there and talk to people and people saw the value and what I had to offer that I developed a really good steady clientele and life got better. But um, that was a, a rough patch of, of trying to figure it all out yeah. uh, after that, after I went all in. Oh, so, so I've met so you from like, you. yeah, the moment of your like turning point is when, yeah. is when we met. I love that. And so how many, you may not know, the number, but approximately how many clients do you think you've served or are serving so far in your training career? Because it sounds yeah. like you were working for a few years, probably before we even met. So like, have you been oh, training for, sure. for like 15 years or more? Uh, this is year like 18 or 19. I know it's since 19. So 
uh, maybe when I went to fitness system, I was like 27 or so, something around that age. So, yeah, I don't know the exact number of how many people I've, you know, connected with and helped. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing where you have social media to see um, when I did my post about getting married, like to see all these people that liked or commented on my post to see like, wow, I met you way long ago. You're like early in my career, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I honestly don't know the number of people, um, but it's, it's still pretty small. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, I would say, you know, there's still a lot more people I could impact um, and I have a chance to connect with. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure whatever the number is, even if the number is small, I believe their work with you has an outsized impact, you know, on, on their lives and the changes that they make. What are what are kind of some of the stories? You don't have to reveal confidential mm-hmm. names or anything, mm-hmm. but what are some of the results of such a, not the word I'm looking for, like just transformative experiences or like light bulb moments for people mm-hmm. um, in their in their journey with you? What are some of the things that have come up along the way? Um, well, I've helped people lose like up to a hundred pounds. There's this mm-hmm. one lady at fitness system. Um, one day I just, I would see her on the treadmill every day and she just looked super down and mm-hmm. depressed. And I went up to her and I'm like, Hey, you know, how you doing? And, uh, my name is Caesar. Um, and, and I had this deep conversation with her where she just broke down and told me what she was going on in her life. And she was very unhappy. She was, uh, at a job that she really didn't fulfill her. And, um, it was on into that conversation where she realized that she, that was, that her job wasn't aligning with who she was. Mm-hmm. And she was able to let that go. She, she was an entrepreneur at heart and she figured like, wow, why am I still stuck in this? You know? Um, so she jumped in, quit her job and went full time into a different business, a different direction. Um, with that, teaching her some of the principles I had, I had given her at the time, she was able to implement them and lose a hundred pounds. Um, and it, now she's opening up several businesses. She has books wow. and stuff like that. Um, nice. that was a really cool story. Uh, other people I, I've noticed, uh, one of my, I guess most recent transformation was he, um, he thought that, uh, the, my, uh, services were expensive. I, and, uh, he had told, um, the owner of the studio where I'm at that, you know, if it wasn't for his granddaughter, he would have already pulled the plug. You know, he didn't want, he would wake up in pain every day and just didn't have any, uh, type of, uh, like, uh, spark in him to, to mm. continue going. Um, like I said, he would just, he has a cute little granddaughter that, you know, he, he wakes up and to see her, to impact her. So just within a few short weeks of, of working with me, he doesn't wake up in pain anymore. He wakes up with a smile and he said, wow. He's like, I thought this was expensive, but this is actually priceless well, to have this type of feeling in my life, you know, mm-hmm. where I could show up as a totally better person mm-hmm. for my granddaughter, my family, um, is priceless. So that was by the most recent one mm-hmm. um, that that's I've heard incredible. Like the endorphins and like that's real. Like even what you went through, you know, as a teenager embracing um working out and wanting to be 
faster on on the team mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that i know i'm when you, when you kick, get that endorphin high it's like you feel like you can <laughs> accomplish anything and right. it is kind of a addictive and drug-like in that sense right that you just want to keep experiencing that mm-hmm. feeling but i feel like it's it's there's more positives to that than <laughs> than the high you get from other things so being high on life right kind of exactly saying yeah. people but you know when you can find it it's like you will just keep coming back again and again mm-hmm. and again and it's as long as you're not you know training yourself to death like too hard you know exactly. then it's not going to be bad for you i'm curious about um some of your teachers i know you've mentioned a mentor a couple of times who are some of the people who've who've influenced you and kind of what are the the big lessons and takeaways you got from them wow yeah so many mentors that kind of i feel were put in my life for a reason like um the mentor that uh kind of drove me into learning these success principles or I I looked at it back then as business principles um, was just someone who uh, told me to start reading, doing personal development books or start reading personal development books. And the first book he told me to read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where it just kind of like opened up my mind to, it was like, Oh, this is how I changed my mindset is by, you know, learning new information, learning how different ways people think. Um, Then, um, so that kind of dove me into the, the, the mindset stuff. The, the most recent mentor who I'm so uh, honored to be under his wing is Ryan Blair. And uh, he has a movement called Alter Call. And uh, we're, it's, it's a, like a mastermind or some personal one-on-one coaching with him. Uh, we have events um, and he's a highly successful entrepreneur that uh, has a New York Times bestselling book. His uh, That book is called um, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. It's how he went from being a gang member back in LA to now being a multimillionaire entrepreneur. Um, and that book has like, is in all kinds of different countries now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's made a huge impact more than he would ever have thought, but, um, he was, he, he's had some rough nights of the soul. You know, he was, uh, he lived the, the fancy LA lifestyle and, uh, he, he, the most recent transformation was where he spent like two years in seclusion um, he had a $789 million exit from the last company that he was a CEO from. Um, but he was just so down and didn't have that spark in life. His mom had recently passed. So he was mourning his, his mother, who was everything to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he dove deep into his spirituality. He, uh, did, you know, he would meditate for 12 to 14 hours. He would do breath work. He would do sound healing. He would, um, he helped heal his, his son from autism. He, he, you know, his, his son is no longer autistic. Um, and, uh, just totally dove deep into his, his inner self. And, um, he uses he's a more christian based so he uses the word god and he says you know look god gave me this calling 
to, you know, not only heal myself, but wanting to heal other people. And so his mission is very simple, heal at scale. And that is something I could totally align with. I've always dreamed of of working with uh, a group that way where we're just focused on on doing the inner work so that we could, you know, make an impact on on the outside with people. Yeah. Um, so I'm so happy to to be a part of that group. So now being part of that mastermind group, uh, he took me on as a, one of the coaches for the mastermind. And so I serve some of the, we call them advocates that come into the mastermind group. Um, and uh, yeah, we coach them with our expertise or, or, or our, our lanes, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I didn't have a $700 billion exit. So, <laughs> you know, that when it comes to those type of business principles, uh, you know, that's not my area of expertise, but I'm, uh, I can totally teach them on how to meditate, how to like do some breath work, how to do some uh, jujitsu and, you know, just in that moment, real time stuff that they could take on to, to make that impact with their business. I'd love to jump to that when I was looking at your website and what you offer, Jin Shin Jitsu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm saying it right. It. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Tell us more about that. Jin Shin Jitsu. Ah, oh, man. That was another part of me that uh, kind of a, a opened me up to the spirituality and bringing that into my life and, and other people. Um, I'll share just briefly how I got to Jinchen Jitsu. Um, I had rolled my ankle really bad um, and sprained it uh, playing soccer. And I wasn't able to heal it with all the modalities that I had learned in school. And even going to the uh, doctor, uh, he's like, you know, we're probably going to have to do surgery on it. And I was like, damn, you know, I don't want to do that. Um, But at the time, a client said, Hey, why don't you go check out this guy who helped my friend not have to have back surgery? She was, you know, supposed to have back surgery and she went to this guy in Greenhaven. Um, Greenhaven, for those of you who know, that's a, a, a community in, in Sacramento and, uh, and to go see this guy. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I've tried everything else. You know, why not? And she, she said, like, just be careful. You know, he's going to tell you some things that, you know, you haven't told anyone before. And I was like, what? what are you talking about? She's like, yeah. You know, he could tell things like that. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. And so I walk into his house and uh, he has this like table, treatment table, and the TV's loud and on. And he's just like, hey, what's up? You know, take off your shoes and, you know, hop on the table. Let me see your feet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I hop on. I just and, met you, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he starts pushing on my feet, puts on his glove and he starts pressing on my toes and stuff like that. And he's like, Oh, you know, like you grew up overweight, huh? I'm like, yeah, I mean, okay. Maybe I have flat feet and that's probably Mm -hmm. why, you know, he, he guessed that. And then he's like, um, he says this one, he says, you, your heart hurts really bad sometimes. And I'm like, Whoa, I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, I, I never tell anyone that because here I'm supposed to be this health and fitness expert that doesn't get heart pain or doesn't have any kind of problems like that going on. Mm. And he's like, it's okay. Nothing's wrong with your heart. He's like, it's your pancreas. Just lay off the sugar and you, you'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. And then he started going into another 
you know, personal thing I, I won't share. <laughs> but I swear it was like, oh, my God, like, how the heck do you know this by pressing on my feet? And that just blew my mind, right? Like uh, this whole time I had this exercise science background of I thought I knew it all or, and I was learning it all. But this guy somehow was able to tell things I had never told anyone before. And it opened up my world to possibilities. And uh, after a month of going to him, he healed my ankle. And then uh, we were working on my hip, my shoulder, things that I thought that were just there from lifting weights and playing sports, you know. Um, but I was just fascinating, so fascinated. So I wanted to learn from him. And he taught me some a lot of things in that year that I went to him. Um, but then he got a little... He was always very arrogant. Uh, one of my uh, clients would call him like the the angry Buddha <laughs> because he, he was Buddhist, but he was just very arrogant. He's like, oh, someone knows what they're doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, uh, and also his like, he was a little incongruent with like what he would tell me to eat. You know, he's like, lay off the sugar, don't eat bread, don't eat, you know, this stuff. And then I'd see like a pizza box or someone would bring him like Carl's Jr. or something like that. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there's, there's something misalignment here. But anyhow, I, I wanted to learn from him. And and I, and I he said, okay, I'll charge you uh, $5,000. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'll give you a deposit. You know, when can we start learning? Uh, or when you start teaching me? He's like, hold on. Someone else wants to learn too. Maybe we'll put you guys together. So then he, the next week I go over and he's like, hey, I told the other guy $10,000. So I have to charge you $10,000 too. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, like he just doubled the, the pricing. And I'm like, man. So I started talking to a friend and and she suggested that, you know, maybe you find someone else. Like this guy sounds like, a, you know, not in alignment. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's something else, you know, like this. And so I started like researching and I couldn't find his exact practice. His practice is called Suk Shinjutsu which focused on the feet and it focused on um, 11 uh, 11 points of the body or 11 lines of energy on the body on each side. Um, and so I found what was called Jin Shinjutsu. And I thought, I was like, wow, this sounds very similar. Jin Shinjutsu focuses on, on uh, 26 points on each side, but we do have 12, uh, we call them organ function flows. So it sounded all very similar to what he was do- doing. His practice is very invasive. Is you know, you put pressure on the feet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays some people call that like reflexology. He hated say, the term, yeah. you know, that term, but <laughs> his was called Sukshin Jitsu. Okay. And uh, but anyhow, I found Jinshin Jitsu. I saw there was a seminar coming up on uh, in Katadi, um in uh like the the Bay Area. And uh, and so I just decided to sign up for it. I was like, what the heck? You know, like this is a five-day seminar. I was like, I'll learn something. And so I just went, you know, with in with both feet. I never had a, a jinjujutsu treatment before. Uh, but that in that seminar, the first day was like, again, boom, like <laughs> there's so many things I don't know and what we could use this practice for. And so Jinjujutsu is the story of how energy travels through the body. And so there's, like I said, 26 points on each side of the body. We also use the spine and um, they all work off of different depths within the body. So they say that everything comes from the ninth depth and then it 
comes down to the the eighth step, which is they call it the dot. Um, and everything, all of us are within this dot. Mm. And then uh, that dot, there's a, a seventh step. And I'm blanking out on the seventh step and what that means. But the sixth step is the light of the sun. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we our spine be, comes from the sixth step. So we could work directly into the sixth step that helps everything, our whole being, uh, by working on the spine. And then uh, that energy from the spine kind of comes, we call it the main central, comes through the spine, and then it splits into two, a supervisor flow on each side. And then we have a mediator that kind of encompasses it all. And those are Mm -hmm. all within the sixth step. And then we come out to the fifth step, which is our body, um, the fourth step, and they they all have different uh, functions. They all have different spots in our body mm-hmm. within the depth focus points yeah yeah okay um mary the 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 lady who brought it over from japan she uh would call them safety energy locks so we have 26 safety energy locks w- within our bodies on each side that we could just hold and feel uh for harmony and that way we could uh release the flow or the stagnation that comes to those different spots of the body it sounds like so I've I've done level one and level two Reiki training. Mm-hmm. And then I know there's um Tai Chi. I, I don't have experience in that other than sampling it a few times. But all of the, the words and the terminology that you're using to talk about Jin Chin Jitsu mm-hmm. is yeah, focusing on the lines or acupuncture. I go for acupuncture regularly mm-hmm. and same thing, like the person that the practitioner I've been seeing lately. He even measures in the body, like we're looking at my leg or my wrist or my arm, whatever it is, and I can see him counting the spaces. And I asked him once, I was like, what are you doing? He said, I'm measuring the, the distance. I have to remember it from last time. Mm-hmm. You know, when you came in, I want to make sure I hit the same spots because it helped you a lot. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Jin Shin Jitsu encompasses all that. It's looking. And so exactly. what do you do in, in those sessions? Like when someone comes to see you for that is it like a hands-on is it pressure points or just hovering hands or how does that work yeah it's very similar to reiki uh, although i've never uh studied reiki i i've Mm -hmm. had a couple sessions um so it's very similar because it's a hands-on um it doesn't have to be hands-on but uh there's no big pressure on there right it's almost like you you find the spot feel for it and and even come off of it a little bit Mm -hmm. And then you just feel for harmony. Um, So there's, that's what I love about Jinshin Jitsu is that it's inclusive. It it encompasses all this this Eastern philosophy, right? That doesn't negate it. It just finds the the relationship between them. Um, And so it's very similar. Someone would come to me and uh, we work on the treatment table and they're laying face up, fully clothed. And... um, and then I, I listen to their pulses in their hands. Mm-hmm. And I know that like in uh, some acupuncturists use that yeah. too. Um, but in the hands, if you feel the pulses, I listen to where the um, where there's a need, where their body's telling me there's a need. So depending on the quality of the pulse, um, tells you where to go or what kind of flows to use that might help and aid in finding harmony from, from that. Um, so there's... 
over like 144,000 flows, 77,000 on each side. Um, that and that kind of aligns with the uh, the yamas, niyamas, right in yoga, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when Melissa was teaching a, a yoga 101 class, and she told me about the the number, and I was like, wait a minute. Jiu-jitsu has that too, you know, so it all works encompassing. It's all inclusive. But yeah, I, I would put my hands in different combinations to of the flow. And I, uh, Mary, she developed these small textbooks uh, to use, you know, she doesn't have all 77,000 flows, but to, to the main ones that you could use to help out a lot of the what we call labels in the Western world. Wow. I love the photos on, or it's a photo on your website where you're, um, talking about that it just looks like i look at the photo and i get kind of calm because it just shows you with the person that's receiving the treatment and you're in this beautiful room with a really kind of serene artwork on the the wall and i would imagine people come out of those sessions feeling relaxed refreshed maybe less pain but some of the feedback you get from people after a gen- oh, am i saying it right jin shin jitsu uh-huh that's pretty uh-huh. good yeah um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, I think it, it induces relaxation. Um, I feel like what it helps us do is get into uh, a meditative state. Mm-hmm. And the reason I could say that is because I've placed a, I don't know if you heard of heart math, uh, but they they have little monitors that you could place on like an earlobe and it measures your heart rate variability of like how, say, someone mm-hmm. is either in really high stress or you know, nice, you know, easy waves in between the heartbeats where someone's in a relaxed or parasympathetic state. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I feel like after a while, and it's all depending on the person, everyone has different uh, outcomes or feelings with with the treatment, but it helps a person get into that meditative state, like in yoga nidra, where, you know, you come into a theta brainwave state. So I know that it, it helps you induce you into that state so for someone that's you know um has a really hard time slowing down their mind you know i think it's great some people fall asleep on the table Mm -hmm. some people um will see different colors patterns some people will have these super intuitive visions of what they need to hear in for their life in that moment um and another thing like a, a principle my uh mentor likes to say is like a re- revelation for one is a revelation for all mm-hmm. so sometimes what they'll tell me is like oh wow i saw this and blah 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 i was like wow i needed to hear that you know um so yeah it's a very uh what do you call it intimate practice that you're doing with with someone but it's more like uh you're doing it with the creator I, my Mary would call it like, thank you for allowing me to be in this constant communication with the creator, because she liked to say that we are the jumper cables. Mm-hmm. We don't do the healing. We're, we're just the vessel that passes this this creation of, of God, if you will, uh, through us. And so, man, some of the the, the stories and, and the the uh, benefits of Jinjinjutsu are amazing. And some, some of my clients come to me every single week for, for a treatment because they get so much out of it. They see the value in it. Oh, I absolutely believe that. When I was doing Reiki, it was before the year or two before we moved here. So that's probably 12 years ago now. Um, they did that and they said the same thing. 
you're just this the conduit to help the energy mm-hmm. get to this person that they need to um yeah kind of soften and I, same thing i hesitate to use the word heal but you know soften this place where mm-hmm. they feel pain or hurt and i know you mentioned yoga nidra and i know you have something on your uh services list called i rest is that um so jill weston came on the show she was actually the first guest on the podcast mm. oh my gosh two years ago two and a half years ago because i originally started this just to be yoga classes and meditations and then mm. i invited her on to do kind of a yoga nidra session and tell people what it was about and that's her specialty and everybody loved it and said can we have more teachers on can mm. we have more more people that do really cool things we want to learn um so yeah is 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 that similar the irs that it's, you it's the same thing uh okay. I think uh, IRES was uh, developed by um, someone in in San Francisco because he didn't want it. Uh, so people would see the word yoga, right? And it would totally just like either he didn't want to put them off by like, oh, yoga mm-hmm. is these, these asanas that you do, blah, blah, blah. But so um, it's the same thing. It's just that IRES, he used it to be able to do research on it. Um, okay. And so we found how, you know, we get into that alpha theta brainwave state, how there's communication with b- both sides of the, the brain that happen in the mm-hmm. technique that you use. So, yeah, it is yoga nidra. Um, and I, I love it. I, I came to it from uh, being so stressed out that it was like my first exposure to I really dove deep into yoga. And um I think I came to it because there was like a workshop going on at that yoga studio, Asha. It was uh, yeah. back in when they were in the Mars building, right where mm-hmm. Lowbrow's at. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, so they were having like a two-hour workshop, and, and then like they described it to me, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds amazing to relax and uh, for two hours," and and it was like using restorative yoga and and yoga nidra. Uh, and that was my first exposure to it. And then I became addicted to it. Like it was every Friday nights, they would offer it. And so I would go every Friday night because it was like a good bookend to the end of my work week. And I was just like, man, this is exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, she offered a teacher training. And ever since then, I've just been teaching it. Uh, I even subbed it for your class once. And uh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That is right. I f- I forgot about that. Oh, I love it how those those worlds kind of <laughs> interconnect. I know I'm sure everybody was like, "What?" Because I I was teaching such active vinyasa mm-hmm. yoga right at that at that time. But I've now <laughs> completely <laughs> changed, and I'm just like that. It's I find myself being asked to lead more meditation mm-hmm. sessions than than actual physical yoga. And even the last few years that I was teaching right before in studios before the pandemic hit, um, it was the same thing, more and more yin, more and mm. more slowing it down. It's it's so interesting. They all have value. People have got to find what works for them. There are some people who only do 6 a.m., sweat mm. your cheeks off, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. fast-paced yoga, and others who are just like, nope, I'm, I'm here to be still. And then there's something in between, too. So, um I, I'm wondering if you would share sort of a, I don't want it to be like the be all end all, but one fact or truth that you wish everyone in the world could know and, and believe something you believe, you know, and believe to be true that 
you wish more people also knew and believed to be true? Hmm. That's a beautiful question. Um, I feel that one thing that some people, um, oh, I wish they would they would know or find out. And this is kind of like my mission is to to find out your truth. And um, I always keep it at truth, but now you're asking me to dive a little deeper into what I mean by that. And um, and I think that's where I've discovered on how to call this energy uh, what we some people call God, universal intelligence, um, source. Right, that we ourselves are made from this source. We ourselves are source expressing itself. Um, and so that you're never separate from this source, that your truth um is this 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 source, this infinite possibility expression through you. And I came to that discovery by uh, when I did a retreat in Mount Shasta and we were asked to do some breath work while we were solo camping up there for six days with just juice fasting. And so the vessel was clear. I was clean, clear, doing my breath work. And all of a sudden, within the, the 20 minutes or so or that I was doing it, I came to this state of oneness. and. I felt so connected. I felt that I was never separate from. And so it was a beautiful feeling to just really honor like everything that I had been studying from that point that said that we were the source and now I'm experiencing it. And um, I mean, it gives me goosebumps putting myself back into that feeling. And and that's where I really connected with the, the space and who I was and who I am. And I became invigorated into uh, sharing this and sharing like, wow, I felt this. We're not, you know, we're not separate, you know. And so that's something I wish everyone um, could at one point experience that we were never separate from, that we are all from this source and we're all interconnected that way. Oh, I, I love that. And while you were talking... I was, if people are watching this on video, they would have seen me kind of look to the side a little bit because I felt it was the right moment. Something I've been doing or trying to remember to do on the podcast is to ask one surprise, but not in a bad way question mm -hmm. um, of guests. There's a podcast, it's a traveling show that I love called The Moth um, mm -hmm. and it's storytelling. So you go to this event, you drop your name in a hat, and then if you get selected, you tell a story based on the theme of the night and so people just impromptu get up and they get some really great stories cool. so i got a card game it's called the game of storytelling because i wanted i feel like this podcast has turned into a storytelling podcast in a sense because i want the guests to share their life experiences because i i could listen to that all day long on multiple channels i love hearing about people's life experiences but they have a series of prompts about various things. So I just have this little box over here. Perfect. If you would be willing to play along and, and answer of one of their prompts. Okay. And I feel yeah. like based on the title, I have to put my glasses on to read it. I feel like it might be related to what you said, but it could be something else too. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like it's totally what you just said. I have to pick a different one. Sure. No <laughs> because that's what you just said. It's mm-hmm. so bizarre. It was about mm-hmm. new beginnings, a fresh start, a rebirth, an inauguration, initiation. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's uh-huh. what you just, that's what I pulled as you were talking. Okay. All right. Oh. Tell us about a time that your mask or the mask came off. A time when it was all smoke and mirrors, a time when it was hiding in plain sight, disguises, prepare a story about going undercover, mental disguises, chameleon level concealment, pranks or mistaken identities, wolves gussied up like lambs, the Trojan horse, the mighty Oz, and now you. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the mask, huh? That was on. <clears throat> I think when it comes to uh, relationships and uh, how I came to now be with what I call my soulmate, um, Melissa, I would have this uh, checklist when I would go into relationships of everything about the person that was not meeting that checklist. And so I was totally guarding my heart uh, to be vulnerable, to be heartbroken, because it was, had already been heartbroken. It had already been betrayed. Um, it wasn't until I started doing this, the deep self-awareness and spiritual work where I that became apparent to me that I was like, wow, I never allowed any of these women to get close to me. Um, and it came from like a uh, feeling that I was betray- betrayed by my mom. And, uh, you know, I had lived life that my mom was a nice one my mom was everything to me and my dad was the mean one uh because he was be physically abusive um and then in one instance i remember my mom didn't do anything and that's where i felt betrayed that you know someone that i love you know so much could do that to me and um and then that's where i was able to do it for self-awareness work you know where you don't look at yourself as the victim, but you look at yourself like this is what my perception was. You know, uh, I don't know what was going on with her at the time, uh, but that's what I perceived that, you know, women that if you allow you love them so much, they'll betray you. And so I had this checklist of like, you know, she needs to have this job. She needs to have look like this. She needs to like have this type of goals, this type of ambition. And you know, I would find something that was not meeting the checklist. So I would just like move on and, you know, be this serial dater that, you know, wouldn't allow myself to get vulnerable until uh, in one of these workshops I did, the instructor said, you know, how if you've already made a decision on just the physical appearance of someone, then you've already, you know, blocked yourself from love. And I was like, whoa, I've done that my whole life. And it wasn't when I got back after that workshop, I uh, I had this hug from my wife now. And we were friends for like over a year. And um, I felt like a care bear. <laughs> like our heart just connected. And I went home and I contemplated. I was like, why did that happen? You know, like. That was weird. You know, I didn't look at this person in that intimate or romantic way, but 
And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't wait to tell her things, you know, that I have experienced. I all these things. I'm like, oh my God, I am in love with Melissa Rivellas. I was like, <laughs> and so uh that's where I was like, okay, well, now that you know that, here we go. Like you gotta let it be known. You gotta practice, you know, what you've been learning. You gotta be vulnerable and and you know, share and say, hey, you know, I, I'm attracted to you this way and now and like if if it's meant to be, it'll be. And uh, that's where I was able to, to show up and be be shown that like I need to step into that vulnerability in order for someone to really see me and that connects me to them. So um, I don't know if that answered the question, but I had that mask of, yeah. you know, not letting people in. It totally let, because as soon as you took the mask off, both on your personal experience and association, right, with why you were viewing things or people this particular way. And as soon as you could see what that root cause was mm. without playing victim and without, it seems like even without blame, it's just like, oh, this is what happened. I see that for what it is now. And then it's like it cracked open, I feel like, right? The disguise came off, cracked open the heart. And then the next time you hug somebody, it was like, oh, those real underneath feelings were like, which is why it felt so like a Care Bear. I love that analogy because <laughs> it's true. They have the bursting rainbows right? out of uh-huh. their heart. And uh-huh. yeah, that's beautiful. That is so yeah. beautiful. I, that's my wish for one thing, for everybody to feel that kind mm. of love at least one time. I mean, ideally you find your, your person mm-hmm. or at least a person, even if it's not one person your whole life, but that you can experience that that feeling you know too, of how good yeah. that is i'm convinced that it does <laughs> melt away years of you know pain and ache and just so just so healing to feel love even if you're just mm. pouring it out even if you don't have it in that moment you didn't know if she felt the same way about right? you, you mm-hmm. just knew what you felt and it was like wow i think i'm gonna explode with with love here and it's just so amazing that here you are right, right? love of yeah. your life she said uh i think i'm falling in love with you and i was like good because i've been in love with you you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. how amazing that's like a movie scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like a movie script no that's it's wonderful it's been i was one of those people for sure when mm-hmm. when you two got together and got married and all, I was just like, yay, you know, all the cheerleaders <laughs> on the side. I I think all of us love to see love. Like whoever it is, we want people to be happy. And mm-hmm. the more we see love around us, yes, every moment isn't a, a dreamy care bear moment, but you know, for those moments that are. Yeah. And it requires so much, like uh, I would call it, you know, work, you know, be will the, we call like in uh in jiu-jitsu is like there's me you and then there's an us and if both parties are in for it on for the us part you know then we're willing to go through the depths you know of like pain and 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 working out challenges that's what it took to us to get to this point um and so yeah i'm really happy that i was able to open myself up to that yeah the timing was right and how can so you can be like a love coach, like a couples <laughs> couples coach together. How can people, where can they find you? I'm going to put stuff in the show notes, but um, mm-hmm. for people who might be on their phones right now and want to look you up online or on 
Instagram mm. or what's the best place for them to go? Yeah, through some of my websites, uh, I have uh, reponewell.com and also Seize Your Life, uh, C-E-E-Z-Y-O-U-R and then life, L-I-F-E dot, oh, sorry, I, I just lost the, the domain. So now it's seizeyourlife.net. Oh. Um, and so those two websites, you could, you know, book a the clarity call with me. Uh, like I said, I, I call myself more of a wellness coach. I still have my personal training business, but how I approach someone to get healthier is using these these spiritual principles or using the mindset stuff that I've learned from mentors um, and just put it all together because I we're we're this whole being, you know, we're not just this physical being. So um, I feel like we got to approach it from all different angles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, probably the best way to reach me is through my Instagram accounts or through those websites where, you know, people could reach out to me. Okay. And it's on Instagram, it's seize your life too, right? Is it? Yeah, I have, I have a business Instagram that's seizeyourlife.net. And then on my uh, personal, uh, which I've been using more, but uh, I plan to keep continue both of them up. It's uh, at seize 08 VF. Okay. And I'm sure you'll, you'll be able to put it in the notes or something like that. Yeah. For those people who are following along on Instagram, which I'm happy to say is is growing more, it's people tend to follow my my personal one rather than the uh, the podcast one. But I post more about the podcast um, on that channel and tag all the all the guests on there, and that's at my dot yoga dot audio. Um, and then the, of course the website is myyogaaudio.com. and I have a newsletter so. Caesar is by the time this comes out, um, Caesar will already have been mentioned as a preview as upcoming in April in the newsletter. So look out for that because I'll link to his website and his information in the newsletter. And you can subscribe on there on my website under the connect button. It's also in the link in bio on Instagram. And yeah, I'll be posting in next month's newsletter as well in May, including Caesar's episode, both the video and the audio. And it'll be all up on social media. So I'll be sure to tag him there and you can follow along. I noticed yours, your stuff is like looking great. He's got great photographs and mm-hmm. he's sharing little tidbits of wisdom and like training tips and life tips. So it's a very, very positive follow and connection with. Thank Caesar. you. Yeah. yeah. I also forgot to mention like uh, at Alter Call, if anyone's interested in that movement, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's more about that mission. Um, you could follow either my my mentor Ryan Blair or uh, Alter Call Movement, and if the people want to work with me personally um, or in in physically in town, um, I'm at Able Body Fitness in Southland Park, and you could go to ablebody.fitness to see me there. Yeah, that's right. That's like it's a great little gym um, in the neighborhood, so that's great to get some one-on-one training and and meetups with you there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Caesar, thank you so, so much for being on here today. It's just been a joy to connect with you in this way. I'm so excited to share what you do uh, with listeners. And uh, you guys know, <laughs> listening, I only have people on the show that that I know. Um, and if I haven't met the person in person, we've at least been connected virtually um, for quite some time and, and have worked together in some way. So Caesar is definitely one of those people I've known online and in, in person first. Mm-hmm. So um, 
That's a strong vouch from me. So listeners, stay tuned. Our next episode is going to be an audiobook. And so it's a little bit of a surprise. It's not something that I wrote, but it's written by someone that I care about. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for the next episode uh, for an audio book reading. So in the meantime, here at My Yoga Audio, we always say it's a great time for your mind and your body to be on the mat no matter where that environment is and whether you are moving and whether you are not. Don't forget to check out the earliest episodes where we've got the guided meditations all the way through to our more interview intensive ones. Now we're hitting the the 60s in our episode numbers. I think Caesar is 62. So keep following along, keep your mind and your body on the mat and stay well until next time.